Um, do you have anything you like any starting stuff or anything? You like, mean like starting you topics? St- kick off with or yeah, I don't know, like a a fun. In- I feel like we sometimes you know we just start, but then maybe oh, there's a cool story or something. Um, I don't have any fun intro stories. I thought we'd just kick it off, but do you have a fun intro story? You were no. somewhere. Were you with Gabby last night? Yeah. Okay, so you were somewhere weird. So I think you have a story that, that I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I mean, that was not yeah. weird, but just like unexpected. No, you're right. It was like a an a music event, like ambient music with like people doing like aerial uh, acrobatic performances inside somebody's loft. That That's was. That's what I was gonna say. In someone's home, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably see like a fridge in the background of the mm-hmm. videos and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty cool. I haven't. Uh, I don't know. That used to be a lot more of my life was like doing stuff like that when I was in a <laughs> yeah. ambient music group. Uh, but yeah, nowadays it doesn't happen so often. So it, it's so funny how like different things to different groups of people is the norm. But when you're not exposed to it, you're like, oh, that's so random, right? Like people like say there's a group of people that are like really into fitness, like their idea of like something totally normal would be like outlandish to somebody else. And like having somebody spinning on silks in my living room is like you know like surprising to me but they're probably like oh it happens one every six times you know <laughs> yeah yeah like that's like built into their living room it's like all the time for oh them, wow so, yeah. i was i was wondering that i was like is this person just <clears throat> pardon me very trustworthy and they're just like this beam is good to go i'm gonna throw my r- silk up there and get her going but yeah yeah actually talia is like uh I guess a professional at this, like she's done some really cool, like larger events. So she just gets a crew of people to come and, uh, and like perform at her house sometimes. So yeah, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty cool thing to be a part of. Yeah. Not, not my usual thing. So yeah, it was like fun to just go do that for a bit. And, uh, yeah, like a friend who's like a very, like, I don't know, he's done really well, very successful musician. It was his, but he's been more of a producer. Um, mm-hmm. But this was his first ever like live concert. So that wow. was pretty cool to see him, I don't know, growing into something new um, and yeah, catch up with him on that because uh, he's done so well, like in terms of like Spotify plays and record releases and stuff, but just never done any live shows. So it was oh, cool to so be part of the first one. Yeah. Cool. Any other big things for the rest of your holiday weekend? It's a holiday Monday right now here in Toronto, Canada. No, I have been putting off some like client work um, that I was going to do like yesterday and the day before. And now today is like the last day (laughs) of the holiday. So yeah, it's been worth it to put it off. But now I got to kick in. So yeah, I don't know. That's you want to start with some updates? What's we got? It's been a couple of weeks, and I know a yeah. lot has changed. So why don't you kick us off? Yeah, for sure. So I mean, I'll I'll just start with personal because it'll be quick. But I moved on the weekend, which you are um, very much aware of because you helped me move. So <laughs> yeah. um, settling into that, um, and I did that in conjunction with starting a new job last week. So. <clears throat> Um, we talked a little bit, no, we talked a lot a bit about kind of the interview process that I was going through and that I got the job. And so I, uh, actually closed off things at my last workplace, which was super great. Everyone was so lovely. Honestly. Um, I was saying, I messaged my boss yesterday and I said to him, you know, when you have an ex partner and you creep them on Instagram, 
I was like, well, that's what I've been doing with like the data hen slack. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, didn't even get my reference at all. But I don't know. There's like something like oddly satisfying about like checking the chats. So I did that a couple of times. Anyways, it's like just it's kind of nice actually to see what they're up to and see people collaborating without me there. Um, yeah, it's nice. I feel like I like left them in a fine spot and they're going to do like fine and well. I don't know. Maybe it's like like keeping tabs on like, you know, your kids when they go off to school or something. Anyways, it feels good. Yeah, it's bittersweet in a way. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because um, they kind of left me on a couple things for like the next few weeks just in case of any like large issues. Um, I, I received messages twice about fires last week, but they solved them on their own. So I think, you know, everything's going to be just fine. Uh, especially because since I'm in a new job, you can't really just respond to text messages, you know, whenever you want. So it's like, I'm, mm-hmm. I look at it like five hours later or something, you know? Um, so not, not timely problem solving and not my job. So, uh, in terms of the new job, so I, um, so I'm coming in as an agile coach. So kind of, I, I met the other agile coaches and people who do similar roles, um, which was interesting. People come from like a very diverse background, which I think is kind of cool. Um, and people definitely trend towards being good at very different things. It's like, I'm like, somebody's an agile coach, but they, you know, have a design background. Somebody's an agile coach, but they have a backend development background. Somebody was a writer and now they're an agile coach. It's just kind of interesting, um, to be surrounded by people that come from different areas because I, I truly think like it gives you insights that you wouldn't get otherwise if we were all just, you know, project managers who became agile coaches or something like that. So that's I find cool. even, yeah, in the project management space, when you start getting into like technical organizations that people come from all walks of life and it's, it's cool to see the different sides that uh, are like the different viewpoints that they can bring to the table if they were like, and and you see it in the way that they'll pitch uh, for like a project proposal when like from a previous developer will have like all the API schema like laid out for you and you're just like, wow, this is, you know, helpful in that regard. But then there's other people who are just like way better at interfacing between the different teams and like getting the right people to do the things that they need and like, you know, rally that way. So yeah, it's it's good that you have a mix of that so you can like consult with your team on on those skill sets. Yeah, for sure. So I thought that was cool. Um, I don't see my actual, we call them chapters, as you know, people who kind of do the similar role as me. I don't see them very often. We all sit separately from each other um, because we actually sit with the teams that we're coaching. So uh, the team that I'm coaching seems great. They're amazing. They're extremely welcoming, super excited to have me join the team. And they've just been, yeah, absolutely so lovely. So I'm super excited to work with them. Uh, I definitely feel a little bit intimidated only because there's just so much to learn uh, in the organization. Um, I think I'm very blessed in terms of the team that I was placed with to learn because they don't have a lot of dependencies on other teams. So it's a good place to kind of get my footing. Um, So that is super exciting. And I think right now I'm just still trying to wrap my head around meeting everyone. The team I'm working with is pretty large. They're about 12 people. Um, and then people throughout the organization. So my first week and this week are a lot of just kind of like back to back coffees of kind of trying to understand where people are coming from, their experience on their teams, things that they're interested in working on. Um, so I can kind of get a better feel for what's going on. And I think that will be the next couple weeks. Um, while I kind of start 
while I'm shadowing kind of all of the things that are going on in their team to get an idea of, you know, where we can um, hopefully work together and, and make some changes. So yeah, it's, it's been interesting. It's definitely uh, things that I'm thankful for are being back in an office. It is nice to be around humans again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really appreciate that. And the structure, it has been hard for me to, you know, go to an office every day only because it's such a change, but I really appreciate um, the structure. I feel like uh, it's something that I needed right now. I don't know if it's something that I need forever, but I think just given how like the lack of structure was getting to me, I think that this is uh, a welcome change. So I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think uh, still a little bit like uncertain because there's a lot to learn, but I'm hoping that all goes well. So that's kind of a summary of the of the first week. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I know that you're uh, like probably the first. Uh, like I always kind of, um, what I don't know. Like you look at um, working from home with this like halo effect, and you're just like, wow, it's like the end all be all. But then like having been you know your friend for the past few years and seeing you go through like the both the positives and the negatives of it it kind of gives a more balanced perspective of of the whole thing and so i know that um yeah for me when i started interviewing recently when i was looking for a job i was interviewing at these remote positions and it become le- became less of like this is a requirement for me and more of like i don't know if i want like fully remote i kind of like the half and half situation or something so yeah um i don't know it's cool to see that you're jumping into the other side and we'll see like how how that plays out over the few next few months and stuff yeah i think that also it makes me feel more comfortable seeing the work from home culture that exists there some teams do it more than others my team members seem to do it about once a week but i also know that you know there's another agile coach in the organization who just came back from working remotely for a month I don't know if that was just because or if there was more reasons to that, but it's nice to say that there's an organization that's open to that Um, because, you know, there are some things in my life where, uh, you know, I need to go to another country specifically. I have a lot of weddings coming up, but I don't actually really want to take every day of vacation for that. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, So just mm -hmm. having the the availability or the opportunity to not necessarily be in the office, but still be working, I think is, is beneficial, you know, especially when you're, back in a situation where you have more like constrained vacation days and things like that. Um, or just the opportunity to do what I did kind of last year and go to other countries and work, I think, um, will be important to me in the future, but it's not at this exact moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it is something that once you maybe go to a place and you're like, Oh, we have this set number of vacation days and it's like, and yeah, if you didn't have that flexibility, I don't know, it can be a big change in, in your life. And, yeah, and the workplace that I'm contracting at now is definitely not like so some people will work from home but it, it seems to be less of a thing and so I've been going into the office there every every day and it's yeah, very much it just seems to be baked into that like people kind of um post if they're going to be working from home and and um or like let the team know in advance. Whereas like maybe at my previous company, it would just be like on a whim, you'd be like, you know, yeah, yeah, working from home. Yeah. And that's kind of what, like, I'm kind of in the same boat as you right now, where I'm like, ah, I'm only on this for, uh, for now, like for a few months. And I'm gonna, I like, I like being surrounded by people. And uh, so it's been cool to just like, go in, see how different teams are, uh, like, 
organizing themselves, see how the culture is in different companies and really experience it, it would have been maybe a bit harder to get up and running as like my current role as a team member, basically, as opposed to just like having a project. Like I'm kind of slotted in to be like uh, helping uh, with others. So it's less defined in that way. So yeah, it would have been harder to do uh, from a fully remote setup, I think. Yeah, that's right. And so how's that How's that going? How's kind of the team and the work and the experience so far with uh, your new position? It's good. Let me think. Um, yeah, it's been a big adjustment in terms of company size. Like I'm working, like coming from working at places that are like five, three, you know, like six people to now like almost a thousand people. And there's like departments for everything. Like you want to get your... Um, access to this uh, service, you need to go see this person. And if you want to, you know, get a computer, you go talk to this person. If you want to get something for your chair, like uh, adjusted, you go see a, a different person. And it's like, whereas like maybe at a startup, it's like there's a maybe an office manager who does all those things, or you just go and like find it yourself. And like, yeah, so, totally. My situation um, was so small because, you know, there were four of us in Toronto that it's just like, we just do everything, you know? So it's, yeah, it's definitely different. It's definitely different. Yeah. That's all I can say about that. Yeah. Really? Like, um, I don't know. I guess like there's a certain point where process is needed. Like, I, I don't think you can scale up and not do a lot of these things, but I can see how when you add a bunch more people, you don't necessarily move faster because you end up having to communicate more and organize more. And, uh, yeah, I feel like a company of like two to three can move probably as fast as a company of 100 in some yeah, cases. Yeah, so it's interesting. I know that we both listened to the Founder Quest podcast and I was kind of binge listening to a bunch of episodes in backwards order yesterday because, well, like from recent to previous, which is a weird way of doing it. But No, I, I did just, I did that with Art of Product for uh, some reason. I And then I went back. I'm like, this is insane. What am I doing? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think for me, I know the audio quality at the beginning of Founder Quest is too jarring for me. So I need to find the point to start at which it's acceptable to me because I don't know, the beginning is real bad, which is funny because I know nothing about audio, but I can't stand that one person is just vastly different quality than the others. My brain is just like, no, I click stop. Anyways, I mean, they they had, this was across two different episodes. One of them, they were kind of talking about their work uh, style and kind of, you know, how they, they work so independently. They might not talk to each other, you know, in depth about what they're doing until really it's done. They just kind of pick up projects, do them, finish them. That's it. And then they were also kind of talking about how, um, you know, they were talking about backlogs. I don't know if you listened to that episode and how oh, yeah. they kind of have a backlog, but it's more just like a list of like requests and ideas and 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 they don't really maintain it and they don't really have it prioritized. Um, and, and I was thinking about these things and it's interesting, right? Because these are things that work for them and work well. They have a successful company. It's running the way that they want. You know, they're making money. They're super happy. Um, and I was just, and their goal is not to scale massively. Right. But you can see by listening to their podcast that they're adding employees. And so I was just kind of, you know, thinking about, you know, for how long does it, does that work for how long can you actually operate in that way where people can just pick up whatever side projects they want and it's not going to, um, you know, deeply affect something else that's going on. And how, how long can you have the type of employee that knows what is the most valuable thing 
to pick up next from the backlog, you know, and that it doesn't need to be prioritized and maintained. So it's just, it's like, it's similar to what you're saying about, you know, we have all these different departments and larger organizations, but I think, yeah, it's interesting how we, we organize projects and how we interface with each other. Um, and how that changes as you scale. And I think, you know, that's the reason my job exists, but, um, yeah, I, I find their model super fascinating and I'm very curious to see um, how things change as they grow. So I, I hope that, yeah, I hope they keep going with the podcast for a while so I can follow that. Yeah, I find that very interesting too. I actually, like, I think, I, yeah, I mentioned to you that I look to them as like almost a North Star of how I would like to operate a company, except I do think I would like more collaboration than like, because I do kind of like working with people on stuff. I know they all came from kind of being contractors before and were very um, independent. And like, I can I can get behind that as well. In fact, like when I saw that they had a, a job opening, even though now I'm like full on contracting, that was probably one of the positions I I was like, you know what? I could maybe think about applying to that because yeah it, it's um you know it's the kind of autonomy that i like to have is like where you do get to make those types of decisions like i feel like they need to keep hiring these kind of entrepreneurial like multi-faceted role people like that that have a bit of marketing interest a bit of development interest a bit of project management interest and just kind of like more like a a founder like uh but yeah how like you said how how does that scale as you grow and i don't even know if they want to keep growing that much like for me i feel like you know kind of if you want to manage it that way um you probably want to like hire contractors instead uh, for a lot of things and just like free up your time of a lot of these you know anything tax related send that off anything yeah. that is not core to your business like go and hire contractors so that frees you up and then also uh, automation which I think they probably do quite a bit of in just automating their workflows as well so that you can just focus on like staying small because otherwise you end up getting so busy that you're like, ah, my, all my time is used up and like, I need people to help me with, you know, or I need to find someone to do all this work. Whereas like maybe automating is, is a way that some people get around that. Totally. And it's funny, right? Because they are kind of making a joke about it because I think they, they hire technical writers to do blog posts for them. And one of the guys in the podcast was talking about, you know, how it's a decent amount of work to actually manage the people who are contractors just writing these articles. Um, they were kind of joking around like, oh, you know, they should make a job for that where, you know, it's kind of somebody's sole responsibility to manage those things, making a joke that, you know, like the, there's reasons why like project managers exist kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. And, and the company I was coming from, a lot of the larger items that you talked about, we outsourced like from the beginning, which cost a lot of money, but I think it was very much worth it in terms of all of our bookkeeping, all of our taxes, all of our like, like, like the law lawyer stuff and like contracts and things like that. Like there's external parties doing those things and it's not cheap. So if you don't have money, it can be hard to do, I think. Um, but I think that, you know, I think a big thing too for founders is the, is the finances part of it that can eat a lot of time and, and it's not generally people's expertise. Yeah, that's true. Actually. Okay. So that leads into a couple things that yeah. I have on, on my updates. Um, yeah, one being the having money part <laughs> of of Always like a starting thing. a company. Um, 
honestly. So like, you know, I, I was doing a bit of contracting for my last employer and then I started with this contract and like, there were just a couple issues of like payments, like taking a bit of time to come through nothing against anyone. Like it was just, that's the nature of it is like, it can be slow to do this stuff. And so I really just want to like put a recommendation to anyone out there. Like you need some money. If you're going to start, if you're going to jump into contracting, like you need to have some money put aside because like, you know, it could be like, it's going to be a a month before I can invoice on this new client. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, it could have been like five to 10 days or more, um, after like, a a certain amount like of time for the invoice. So like there may be a month and a half before you actually see any money uh, coming into your pocket. And yeah, you're going to get more money for waiting that long. uh, And like, um, in just like you're charging a high hourly rate and stuff, but like you never know when it's coming in. It's very inconsistent. So you have bills to pay rent and all this stuff. You really need to have a a nest egg kind of built there or, you know, just like a, a small pile of cash uh, in reserve just to help you in those cases. Yeah, um, I think it makes complete sense. I remember I was only in just like full contracting mode for like a brief period of time, maybe four, three years ago, four years ago. I can't really remember. And I, re- I, I was a lot younger than I didn't have a ton of money. And I remember at one point, one of my clients, you know, being outstanding for me, like seven grand or something. And I was just like, I really could use that money, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was difficult for sure. And it was because of their internal processes. They needed like the CEO or whatever to sign the check. That's it, you know? Um, yeah. So good advice. Yeah. Um, okay. And then next update, kind of going back more to like that expense stuff that you were saying and like the finances side, you know, I historically have been very weak at that. Um, and just as a follow up to like one of the earlier episodes, I was like, I'm going to try and do this like product where I like simplify finances, you know, for just making it easier for like startup founders. I ended up not doing that, but I kind of like took my own, so like took my own advice, which I sometimes give, which is, uh, sometimes you need to do that where it's just like, you know, like the rules from the mom test. It's like, have you looked for any alternative solutions yet? And like, I was already using a, a, a platform, but I wasn't really using it in the way it was intended. So I did a lot more research to like, um, around this topic and kind of like set myself up for a bit more success. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be very helpful what I ended up doing. Um, and so, yeah, I ended up, so now, okay. One, the first thing that is probably like the most important is like having a separate payment source for business rather than personal that is where you just end up in all sorts of like issues because you're uh, mixing and like then you have to go back and like find which were business or or personal expenses so Mm -hmm. i've dedicated this is going to sound so obvious to some people and then other people it may be like an eye-opener um so bear with me but yeah it's i ended up just putting one of my credit cards fully towards business. And I think that's going to be super helpful. I've hooked that up to my accounting program. So all the transactions will kind of like flow in there. And I'm still getting the hang of that because I also um, use... So it's called Wave Accounting. And Mm -hmm. yeah, pretty pretty good tool. It also has like the ability to send in receipts or like take pictures of them and send them up. And then I'm pretty sure what I need to do is like reconcile or like match those receipts up to a transaction from the credit card um 
And so that's kind of been my workflow. And also just like, as I get a receipt, I take a picture immediately and send it up. Uh, yeah. For for the longest time, I've been like hoarding all these receipts because like a couple years ago, it seemed like everyone was anytime you look this up online. Also, by the way, anyone listening, I'm in Canada. So like and also nothing I say is legal advice. But <laughs> uh, so don't even, you know, don't, don't try it. <laughs> uh, just don't blame me when this blows up. Uh, but yeah, like it basically said everywhere like you need to keep seven years of paper records and like i'm pretty sure it even had that on like the canada official website and it scared the bejesus out of me i've never said bejesus but i'm trying (laughs) not to swear um and and yeah and then it real i realized lately like nobody does that and everyone is fine with just like taking pictures of these things and so it's just so much easier to just take the picture right away and like send it up and um so yeah tbd how this goes but like as of this point it's just been like such a easier system to work with and i think at the end of the year like so i might get to the point where i find a bookkeeper to like monthly go through and do that reconciling and and um and just keeping my books in order so that i can pass that off to an accountant but we'll see how hard it is to manage uh on my own because that's good honestly it's like Small steps, but big steps. I think once you kind of get a system in place and now that, you know, you are doing this full time for the foreseeable future, I think it's super important. It's going to make your life a lot easier. So and as as simple as it sounds, I think, yeah, a lot of people who are just getting into it, you don't you don't think about all of these things. It's 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 hard to know if you've never been exposed to it or you've never done it. Yeah, I have. Yeah, totally. Especially, yeah, like you're saying, like maybe you're doing a bit of side work, like a side hustle or something. And so you end up um, not not really taking proper care with this type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're just going to end up like either losing money or a lot of time because it, you're it's going to take a lot of time to go back through your personal accounts and like go and reconcile all these things. And, um, and likewise, it's going to take a lot of, I don't know, money if you don't do that like you're losing you're leaving money on the table if you don't track all your expenses to offset the tax that you need to pay so for sure so yeah um i don't know i'll try and you know keep keep updates on that um and then another update to a previous um like episode where i was pitching this uh, client for a website Mm -hmm. um so it was like a physiotherapy uh, right. website and they wanted to create some, yeah, just a new website because they were going to open up multiple locations. So I ended up putting together a whole proposal. We had an initial, an initial chat before that, that was kind of like, I was asking their goals and what they're really trying to accomplish with the site and trying to like get into the mindset of, of, you know, yeah. What, what do they want here? And yeah, they declined the offer, which, you know, was a bummer at first. Um, and I was, you know, almost just going to leave it at that. And I kind of thought, ah, maybe my proposal was weak or, you know, maybe I need to adjust my prices or something. What I ended up doing that I'm like very glad I did was like I I did something a bit uncomfortable and just followed up and said like, hey, like, do you mind telling me why you decided to go with someone else instead of me? And there was I'm so glad I did this actually um, mm. is just following up with them to, to see because they um, yeah, they replied and said basically, hey, we really appreciated like your proposal was great and you seem to be 
like top of your class. So we wish we could go with someone like you um, for this work, but you're kind of like out outside of our budget. And so what that kind of told me was like a way different signal from what I may have first in- interpreted. Like maybe I would have gone back and spent all this time like making my proposal look a lot better, which yep. now I see it would be kind of a waste of time. Like they were fine with the proposal. The whole process was right. But it's just that now I need to shift like what type of clients I'm looking at. And I knew yeah. from the get go, it wasn't necessarily the best type of client, but I still wanted to have work in case there wasn't any at the time. And so I was kind of just like entertaining all options, but now it kind of gives me um, better feedback. And so I'm, I'm very like happy that I, it was an uncomfortable email to send just like, Hey, like what's wrong with me? Kind of basically. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I think that's so great that you did that. And I, I, a couple things, I think that going through the process, even though you knew it might not be the right fit is just good practice for doing that. And it's also one of those things that I think a lot of people, <clears throat> not everyone, but people who are going into maybe getting a website built for their small business, they might not also know what they're getting into going for lower budget options. So it's it's a it's a curious thing to see what happens. You know, maybe they'll have a good experience with who they're working with and it'll all work out. But in a lot of cases, it doesn't. I have that experience with my previous company where we do something that is often offered. We did something that was often offered for a lower price point. People would choose that they'd have a very bad experience and they'd end up like coming back. I'm not saying that will be the situation, but I just think it's like, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that I think when people are not super experienced and in, in, in certain areas, and I think getting websites built for your business is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't really know what they're getting into one way or the other. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, it's tricky because you have almost somebody without the experience making the decision on what they want, but you don't want to undersell yourself either. So Yeah. And this ends up being like you're saying, almost a positioning play where you're like, I'm positioning myself in the top tier of the market compared to um, trying to meet you at your kind of like whatever rate you want, which a lot of people probably will in that lower tier be like fighting dollar to dollar. But like, that's not the business I want to be getting into. Um, And so yeah, like, whether that works out for them or not, like, I I actually truly hope it does. My original plan was to offer a few different options one which would have been like a very kind of low tier so it kind of gave them the option to diversify and be like okay we have our low price option and our high one but like the way as i was crunching the numbers just didn't make sense for me to um to do that like it would have just devalued my work i think in doing that and so i ended up just like giving them the one option where i'm like yes this is a premium option but it's up to you your lower options should just go to someone else. And so I'm, I'm glad it did, to be honest, because, yeah, I'm not that I don't want to spend like a month working on something for, I don't know, a thousand dollars or whatever. Oh, they totally. Spending like it, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think it's a good exercise overall. Yeah. Another thing that I um, have been up to, I guess, just like passively is like, researching about startup ideas and trying to just like um i don't know be open to that as i'm doing this contracting work i'm trying to just um find you know it's a good time to be like thinking about that and slowly just like seeing what comes to me as opposed to like okay now i have no work i have to come up with an idea like super quick so yeah um i 
have been reading through this article like so slowly. Uh, I, it's not like an extremely long one. I just keep revisiting it and like reading it in small chunks over the course of like the weeks. And uh, it's by Paul Graham, the uh, founder of Y Combinator. Uh, and it's about like finding startup ideas. And it's got so many good pieces of advice. I always kind of... I. <laughs> My previous um, CEO uh, kind of suggested this article to me a long time ago, and I didn't, uh, I didn't read it for the longest time. And part of me was like, I don't know, YC is kind of like this like startup, like rocket ship growth type of mentality, and so I thought maybe it would be coming a lot more from that angle. But it really is more of a great insight into like um, how most. Uh, most smaller companies probably should be thinking about this and it's it's a lot less about like coming up with ideas and a lot more about just like noticing problems in the world and kind of like putting yourself to I guess the theme if I had to say is kind of like living in the future so like living on the bleeding edge of whatever uh, field or technology which as a developer I feel like I'm constantly doing but you don't realize how ahead of the like, like how th- fast things are moving, and so like it really just gives you all this opportunity to reflect on where you're at and where the industry's at, and kind of like pull out um, problems out of that space. And cool. I would highly recommend that read to anyone. There's so much more to get into about that, um, but I would just recommend anyone should like read that if they're struggling to come up with something like I. I have been, it kind of takes a bit of the pressure off of just, you know, sitting in a room and be like, have 10 coffees and hope the best idea hits. Like that's not the way to go about it. So I think you sent it to me. And so we'll link it and I, it's still on my to read list. So I will dig into that. Um, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, for sure. My final update is just that, uh, and I already told you this, but I got tickets to microconf. Um, Yeah, so I need to plan my accommodations and things for that. And um, But yeah, I'm like really excited to take that as a leap. It's kind of coming at the end of this current contract that I have. And so I'm going to the starter edition. I may go to the city during the growth, uh, which is a few days before. There's like two different okay. tracks of like... Oh, got it. You know, which that was a hard decision. Like I know obviously I should be in the starter camp um, because I'm just getting started. But the growth edition is where maybe a lot of people with like more experience would be great to mingle with and yeah. have connections with them. So I may go like a day or two early just to see about having dinner or something with a, a few people that are there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. But are I'm, you going to try excited. to reach out to people like uh, before you go there on Twitter and stuff like that to try to pre-set up some stuff or? Yeah, like I, I am. And like anyone who ends up listening to this, if you're going to microconf reach out to me uh that would be awesome and yeah i've already like there's another um there's another podcast that i listen to called startup to last which is um just yeah it's pretty recent but they said that they were going they're going to the growth edition so i may try and link up with them while they're there they don't know it yet if you're listening to this (laughs) hit me up (laughs) but um yeah i've also like I met someone from Tiny Seed in Toronto that um, she helps to organize microconf. So I'm sure I'll see her there. And um, and yeah, I'm just... Uh, but quite honestly, I don't know anyone who's like 
going like i don't have a deep connection with anyone that's going there so i'm uh excited but also nervous it's gonna be as as an ambivert if you will like i will i am more an introvert like i get more energy from like alone time and stuff so it's gonna be fun like i can turn it on sometimes and just go like meet a bunch of people but i'll be exhausted so oh, for it's sure. gonna be a challenge yeah. um that's awesome I, I think you're gonna have a good time yeah i think it's it's gonna be super valuable for you yeah i uh i don't know have you ever been to minneapolis st paul I, no I never, no never i don't never even been. i don't think i know anyone who lives there either i haven't been to a lot of places in the states so yeah yeah me neither so um we'll see i'm gonna try and find some cool things to do while i'm there too other than just like sit in a hotel conference room and maybe there's some some interesting stuff around so awesome that's very cool is that yeah actually right after this um like today i i have another client potential client who's asked me to build something out for them so there's just been like other people who are starting the words like bubbling a bit that i'm contracting so that's been really nice that it starts coming in and you can be like yeah i am available as of this date and like yeah you can start planning for it so yeah yeah it's it's good you have some kind of structure to it like you know how long this contract is and then hopefully you have enough time to set up something for after microconf and yeah that'll be great yeah uh i think I don't know, man. Contracting seems to be like a great way. Maybe talk to me in six months when I don't have any money and I'm like eating ramen, <laughs> but like, uh, I, I will be know. talking to you. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It might be a different be story. Good. Maybe I'm like riding the, the wave at its high right now, but like, it feels like there's a ton of dev work and a ton of general, co- uh, tech work in that, that you can, um, if you just like take a leap and like, yeah, don't do it with zero dollars in the bank, but like, you know, set yourself up for a bit of success, network a bit before and then go and like, you know, try and do this. I think it's probably the best way to get started in, um, in that next step of starting a new company because it's going to afford you the time to do that. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. So I think is that, is that kind of the, the bulk of what's going on with you right now? Yeah, sorry, that was a ton of updates, no, but no, I know it's, it's been a couple of weeks here, so I just like had all this stuff on my list that was That's like, fair. you know, these all seem pretty relevant and important. So, yeah. I only have one other thing, which is um I know we're we're coming up on around 40 minutes, so I, I won't take long with this, but I've been doing a bunch of research on different Raspberry Pi projects. Um nice. I happen to have a Raspberry Pi that I got a while ago. I didn't do much with it other than like programming some lights with my brother at some point, but I've always really wanted to. And then as kind of a going away gift uh, for my last company, they got me another Raspberry Pi with like a bunch of different accessories and stuff. And so I, you know, there, I've been wanting to do a project that's leaning more towards business on the side, but I feel like while starting a new job over the next like two months, that might be difficult to dig into, but I do really want to kind of do something new on the side. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've come up with two projects that I want to do. The first one is, so my mother raises quails. So these little birds that lay (laughs) eggs. I think maybe I told you this. I'm not certain. And so I want to build this like quail monitoring system. So I did a bunch of research and people have kind of different projects that are all related. So there's people who build like you know, smart gardens where you actually monitor, you know, the temperature and, and the, I guess it's like, a, it's, I don't know if you call it humidity when you're actually measuring the, the soil mm-hmm. 
water content, but, and you know, it will actually water the plants or, you know, people have built different apps where you can, you can, you know, gather the information from the sensors and things like that. And there's also projects where people actually set up kind of, uh, like infrared cameras and, um, and monitoring inside of birdhouses. So you can see birds like laying eggs and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I want to do kind of a hybrid of all of that, but I want to set up something to monitor just right now. It'll just be the temperature and the humidity and hopefully a live stream inside, uh, where the quails live. Uh, just so that my mom can actually monitor it from inside of her house. Because what do you what do you call a quail shack? Is that well? I mean, I don't know. Maybe house? it's like a maybe it's like a coop, like a like a chicken Ooh, coop, I a like quail that. coop, quail coop. But but, but the, my mom's quails actually just live inside her greenhouse, so they have like uh, little <laughs> cages cool. inside of the greenhouse. Yeah, and then when you in told the summer, me, like, you sent me a message that was like, "I'm gonna make a quail monitoring app," and I was like. Because you've told me a previous story where your mom's quails escaped. Oh, but that's a very, that's a very long, that's a very, the summary is there was a windstorm before I got there. So the whole greenhouse portion blew away and I didn't know. Oh I thought the quails just lived out in the cages in the open. They don't. <laughs> the greenhouse had blown away. Anyways, so one of them escaped. I'm sorry about that. So um, I thought, I thought that you were going to make oh. like a, like, I don't know. <laughs> What I pictured initially was like, yeah, a camera and then one quail escapes. It like sounds an alarm. It's like <laughs> quail on the loose, quail on the loose. <laughs> doesn't You're matter. Like, you, can't, you can't catch them anyways. They're no, impossible. I know. I, I, that was the next part. I was like, <laughs> okay, so now you've monitored it and you know your quail's gone. But, you know, that doesn't incremental, help you. <laughs> incremental steps, Cam. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I want to do that. There's that. also this, I'll, I'll link it, but there's this interesting MIT project, which is like, one of the more sophisticated drag and drop app builder type programs, like mobile app. I've mm -hmm. messed around with some before, but they're all very clumsy and very hard to use. But I noticed a lot of people doing Raspberry Pi projects. They, they use this to just kind of like get like a, an app up and running super easy and, and, and display the information from the different sensors. So I want to mess around with that. And then the second thing that I want to do, which is kind of the, first project I ever wanted to do. Are you familiar with kind of like the Raspberry Pi magic mirror project? Oh, I think I do know about this. Like, uh, but go on, explain ba it. Basically what it is, is it's like, uh, so it's a mirror for your house, but the way that it works is you actually have two way glass. So you mount a, a monitor, like a screen behind it. Um, and it's pretty simple. I mean, a lot of people have already built different like plug and play programs, but some people do it super simple, you know, just kind of show the weather. Some people have um, actually interactive kind of devices where you could play music or play the news or whatever it is. Some people have, you know, webcams that actually detect different people. I just want to do a super simple one. I wanted because I want a full length mirror for the, the new hallway and I just want the top right hand corner to kind of have, you know, weather and calendars and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so that one is more on the construction side and just like a little bit on the raspberry Pi side, but I've just always wanted one. So those are kind of the two things that I've been, uh, figuring out how to do. And, um, hopefully I'll start tackling those in the next couple of weeks. That's very cool. Really yeah. diving into that IOT space. Um, yeah, I like pretty interested in electronics and I really like building and making things, but unfortunately it's one of those things that I love doing, but I don't find a lot of time to do it in my life. Um, so I feel like I want to kind of lean into that a little bit more. Yeah, I know the the challenge there where you're just like, yeah, that would be so cool to do one day. But then like, yeah, that day doesn't come because of their priorities. But 
yeah maybe yeah like you're you're putting it out there right now i'll mm-hmm. try to keep you honest to it and you know follow up and see you know what how many quails we're tracking how many that we lost how many are warm or how many are yeah. feeling a bit too humid <laughs> yeah and i hope i can get it all to work i'm gonna start ordering kind of the sensors and stuff that i need today uh so I'll, I'll build it all out here and so it'll be tested in like a very ideal environment inside an apartment and then i think actually putting it out there and trying to make sure that there's like a reliable internet connection all that stuff is going to be where it gets a little more complicated is it um yeah i guess it would be warm enough in there to and like is there i don't know power in the or battery power like i think there's some power i know there's lights out there but i don't know the full details but I, i think that i could i think i could run my raspberry pi off a battery pack if needed though if we have any audience listeners, uh, listeners in the audience who are harvest, oh, not harvesting, that's a horrible <laughs> word, who are raising quails and you're looking for some monitoring solution, I would highly recommend that you get in touch with Kaland. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Awesome. yeah <laughs> you can be one of the initial customers. I think that's some good advice. And that's probably it for me for <laughs> updates right now. Those are kind of the things I want to start working on inside of work. I love it. To be honest, uh, actually, in that that article by Paul Graham, it kind of recommends just like doing some stuff for fun and not worrying too much because you're going to find challenges out of that that can lead you to um, to other things anyway. So and maybe it is the thing that, you know, there's probably a thousand true quail fans out there like I (laughs) And they all yeah, want to monitor you them. got a niche in so yeah well it's i'll say one last thing it's interesting because people build these different plant monitoring like systems with their raspberry pi and a lot of people kind of like you know hack them together on their own but For there's sure. this there's this one person who built these little like i don't know i can't remember what they're called i'll, I'll find it and link it but they're kind of like these little laser cut wood like animals and they have all the sensors and everything in it and you just hang it on your on your plant and it runs on raspberry pi and it's like he's turned it into this whole commercial thing because you know it's aesthetically pleasing it's all housed in this little box and you can monitor your plant that way Um, yeah because some of them just look like you know this weird intersection of like technology like coming into the you know organic landscape and it just has a bit of an ai vibe like the plant's gonna kill you after or something like it yeah wrap it up in a nice lion shaped box and then it's kind of just like cute more uh, friendly um, ornament exactly all right so do you want to call it there then (laughs) probably should yeah okay cool uh where i will let people know where they can find us how about that so um if you guys want more information you can find us on workpalspodcast.com or follow us on twitter at workpals Oh, and I should just say, like, if you like this, then share it with someone because uh, that seems to be the thing. So I would appreciate that. All right. Bye. Bye.